1: Radio 929, the game, and the Odyssey app. It's the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson here with you for the next four hours. I'm back. Had a nice little run on Saturday evening for a couple of hours. And then, you know, with a nice holiday. No, it's not Dukes and Bell. And no, it's not John Chuckery. You get me, the Dopey Millennial, for, uh, like I said, the next four hours. Going to be with you live here in the Kia Studios. Also with uh, data we've worked before right producer Dayday Lewis behind yes, the board yes yes yes, we have i thought so it, it's yeah. been a while it's been a while though. but it, yes we it, have. it has been a while excited to uh to be with you Dayday, for the next 4 hours go ahead and give the radio station a follow at 929 the game give me a follow on twitter at atl johnson 18 of course the phone number as always 404-741-0929 that's going to be an important one to hold on to later, as it is President's Day, um, and I got to be honest with you, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me in my personal life. Like I'm not like, oh, today Pre- President's Day, oh, okay, I-, I gotta I gotta break out my my President's Day plates and my President's Day napkins and uh, uh, blow up my President's Day balloons. No, I-, I and I think for a lot of us, you know, <laughs> like we're kind of like, yeah. Um it, it doesn't make a whole lot of, of impact on our lives. However, I do want to have some fun with the fact that it is President's Day. So later in the show, um we are I'm going to pose the question. I'll I'll go ahead and I'll pose it now, but we'll we're going to revisit it later in the show, which is uh look, what's the what's the sketchiest or the worst thing you've done for Dead Presidents aka money? All right, that's uh one one of the have you ever had this moment, Day Day, where you you go through life and you, like, you learn about something and you're like, oh, that's what they meant by that? So, like, young Caleb growing up, uh, I lived in Memphis for a few years, and, of course, like, who at that time, who was really hot on the scene? Like, Jay-Z, big artist. Nas, big artist. What albums were they putting out around that time? Well, Jay-Z just happened to have a song called Dead Presidents, and, like, you want to talk to elementary Caleb who was like what what do, what are you what do you talk dead president that sounds terrible <laughs> uh but no 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 we're talking we're talking about the money so uh, in honor of President's Day maybe it's a little morbid to talk about dead presidents but uh, I'm gonna pose the question later what's the sketchiest or what's the worst thing you've done for dead presidents uh, day day as a, as a father of five I feel like you've you know just to to Get your your dead presidents up. You probably had to do something at some point that you did not enjoy. It was not fun. It was miserable. Uh, uh, but we'll, we'll uh, yeah, okay. uh, we can save it because uh, I, I was about know. to say. I just I wanted to get the juices flowing. I wanted to get the thoughts flowing. Uh, if you have one that you want heard on the show, like I said, hit me up at atljohnson18 and uh, let me know yours. We'll pose the question later on the show. But I just from from right off the jump, I wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, simply for the fact of it is President's Day and it is a holiday and that's why I'm here. Uh, so I, I wanted to have a little bit of fun with it and that's the direction that I chose to take it. Uh, that's that's my dopey millennial brain and, and that's what I'm thinking. However, to open the show, I want to go in an, an area that I feel like we can finally begin to really get into. Um, I, of course, being a, a Hawks reporter here at 92.9, the game spends so much time in basketball and I do, I, I, I love the game. I love basketball, but if you go look at childhood photos of my, myself, you know, young Caleb, what was he wearing? I, I had my Braves t-shirt or my Braves uniform or a Braves hat. Um, I, I am a, a diehard Braves fan, uh, and so it's finally, it feels like it, it baseball season is truly upon us. As today is officially the day uh that the Braves uh mandated it was mandatory for all position players to report to Northport today. So it feels like while I know there were some things going on last week uh with spring training is like pitchers and reporters reporting and and guys who are gonna be playing in the World Baseball Classic reporting, but it still felt like, well, we had the we had the All-Star Weekend going on. And so that was kind of the thing to look forward to. But now All-Star Weekend is behind us. We're going to to begin the final stretch of the regular season. But baseball is here. And so it kind of it gets my brain churning of like, all right, because I don't know about you, but I have to like separate things in my brain of like, all right, I'm gonna pull out my you know, I'm gonna um pull out my Hawks drawer and and shuffle through my hawks drawer, my NBA drawer, and everything going on. Now I can open the Braves drawer and and get thoughts and and get things really going is especially it helps too when big storylines start to pop up as they have earlier today. Um, we've seen all kinds of things going on with uh, with the Braves in in Northport. As I know, um, Grant McCauley has been doing a great job here at 92.9 The Game to keep us up to date on everything going on. Um, we're actually going to talk to Grant. At 8:20 tonight, 8:20 is when we'll talk to Grant. Kind of get the feel of everything going on with spring training, and also get a feel for what's going on with Marcelo Zuna. did you see this today? Marcelo Zuna doesn't report until today, which that's fine. He's he can you know today was today was mandatory day. Right, today was the day that Marcelo Zuna had to report. Uh, and so today's the day that he finally showed up, however, Marcelo Zuna, speaking with the media, decides to when asked about, hey, you know you you've you had some issues last season in left field throwing the ball, like you know it it was essentially it was a, a an anyone stealing a base like it was an automatic run when Marcelo right. Zuna is out on left yeah. field, you know right. you, you just you didn't have to worry about him, so what, what, what's up with that? Is everything good? Um, and I don't know the exact question that was phrased to him, but his answer... <sighs> it's never good. It's never good when a guy who has been wrapped up in controversy, a guy who's had all kinds of different things going on with him, his first thing to revert to is an excuse and an injury. And that is what Marcelo Zuna yeah. decided to do today, as he was asked about, yeah, what's up with the throwing issues that we saw from you last season? Um, Marcelo Zuna says, "Oh, ah, ah, yeah, you know, my my arm, my arm. <laughs> I, I had some shoulder inflammation. You know, it was really, it was really bugging me. It's really, it's really bothering me. I had some shoulder inflammation, and that was what was really holding me back." uh last season now for a lot of us who have watched Marcelo Zuna for more than a season, more than a day, you're like shoulder inflammation? Oh. Okay. Um I I guess I can take that. Oh, okay. You so you had an injury, you were tough, you fought through it, and that's why you know we we saw these lame duck throws from you last season. However, Mark Bowman of MLB.com decided to come with some receipts after talking to Marcelo Zuna, who claimed that his his recent, quote-unquote recent throwing woes came from shoulder inflammation that uh, that came from, he says, partly in due to him missing a big chunk of 2021, which we know the two reasons why he missed. Big chunks of 2021. A, he broke his hand. No one forced him to do that. And B, the obviously the domestic violence stuff that was getting sorted out, and we had to wait on uh, body cam footage to know exactly what went down in that situation. But a, a bad situation to put himself in, nonetheless. Um, and so we're, we're so yes, yeah, so we're blaming those things is what Marcelo Zuna is doing for oh the shoulder inflammation is the reason why. I, I, you know, had issues throwing the ball last season. However, like I said, Mark Bowman of MLB.com comes with the receipts. says, in 2020, the average velocity from Marcelo Zuna and the 75 throws he made in the field, average velocity was 74.1 miles per hour. Okay, 74. 2021. He upped it by a couple miles per hour. 77.3 was his average velocity and 107 throws from the outfield. In 2022, it was actually his highest average in the three year span, where Marcelo Zuna threw an average velocity of 79.2 miles per hour and 130 throws from the outfield. Now, here's the kicker about this. Corey Dickerson was the only outfielder to have at least 100 throws with a lower average velocity last season with 76.6 miles per hour. So, A, I'm not buying it, Marcel. It's not shoulder inflammation. You just don't have a strong arm. That doesn't help. This Braves team a whole lot, and I know. See now, Day Day, I do feel bad that I- I'm starting my show out with negativity. I'm starting out my my first a uh, 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 real Braves don't feel subject.
0: Bad. Listen, you're sitting at a time frame where one of the most <laughs> heated. Host in sports radio since yeah, you're and he right, quite I'm, often comes in very negative.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm getting all right. So you're you're saying the aura of John Chuckery yes. is uh, <laughs> is is emanating in the room? Like I'm just I'm yes,
2: I'm I'm, yes, I'm breathing, breathing it in, in. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. I, I promise there, there there is no there's no uh, what's bugging Chuckery tonight. I, I will I will let the people know that. I'm sorry I'm sorry to disappoint. I I am I'm sorry, but uh, maybe this is as much. What what what's bugging Caleb as as we'll get tonight is just don't lie to us. Like come on, don't lie to us and and claim I got shoulder inflammation. That's why I'm throwing bad. Last season, when last season out of the past three seasons was the highest average velocity you threw from the outfield. You just you just get in the weight. I hate to be like that because I I look at my like weak arms data and I'm like you know I all right. uh... I, I mean, I, I've seen Marcel with the with the the bright yellow arm sleeve. Like, the, I mean, the man's got muscle. It's just somehow not translating into getting the ball from left field to any of the infield positions. It's just, uh, yeah, it hasn't gone everywhere, especially The third. Mechanics are not yeah. there. Or, or or getting it home. Like, no, he he he's gonna. He desperately needs his cutoff man. Um, that's something that Von Grissom's gonna get to learn about real quick. If Marcel Ozuna. Is playing in left field this year, which I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, get a get a different option out there. We'll ask Grant McCauley about it uh, coming up at 8:20 tonight when we talk to Grant, who was, of course, down in Northport, Florida, uh, at spring training for the Atlanta Braves. Coming up next on the Dopey Millennial Show, we'll get into a staple here on the show, the rest of the story, get to all of our headlines, especially. Some new players on new teams in the NBA. We'll talk about it next. It's the Doping Millennial Show on Sports Radio 9829 The Game and the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. It's the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson here with you until 10 o'clock tonight, live in the Kia Studios. Getting uh, to talk a, a little bit uh, of Braves finally, as as that season begins to kick off with spring training uh, official report to uh, report day being today. I I feel like I got to vent a little bit of of my. Uh, marcelo zuna frustrations and and that whole situation but without any further ado let's get right into the rest of the story
2: now 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 the rest of the story the rest, the rest,
0: the rest of the story, of the story. The
1: All right, the rest of the story. Yes, shout out to Paul Harvey, who was the voice of many growing up with the rest of the story. Rest of the story. We'll do the rest of the sports story and all the headlines that are going on this weekend. The All-Star Game. It happened. We all saw it. Were you excited? I don't know. Uh, Team Giannis beat Team LeBron 184-175. To wrap up All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City, Uh Giannis, the rest of the story there, Giannis was previously 0-2 against Team LeBron, even though, does Giannis get to claim the win? I mean, he, he technically, he did play. i us say he did play, he, granted, and he scored. Yep, he, so. he did score. He made sure he, he to make, made, yeah, he made, made the sure, first yeah, basket. He so. made sure to get himself on the box score. Very well, important. First basket
0: for them, I should say. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he made sure to get on the box score. Very important for Team Giannis, as uh, uh, I don't know. At the same time, I mean LeBron didn't play in the second half because uh, his attempt to play defense and go down and block a shot ended up with him maybe injuring his hand a little bit. I don't know. I saw the the play like the replay of it, and it bent his finger. Yeah, it, it could have been worse. It wasn't that bad, but at that point in an exhibition exhibition match. Um, I get it. Uh, I And for all of you who go to Twitter, go to Facebook, go to whatever social media, to go to your friends and talk about, man, I mean, the All-Star game is just not what it used to be. Um, you do the same thing about the Pro Bowl. It's just – it's it's different now. Guys are making a different level of money. There's too much risk involved in injuring, injuring yourself. I mean, what if – what if LeBron James broke a finger in the all-star game? You don't think that wouldn't change the Lakers' final twenty-four games of their season? Sure it would. Because of that, um, guys take it a little bit easier. We had the we had the one instance, and, and I think cause some people thought the uh the new Kobe Bryant rules would make it more competitive where your guys are playing to twenty four uh in that final fourth quarter no you you got it the one year you got it the, the year of Kobe's death when when guys were just truly feeling that emotion from uh uh from from Kobe Bryant passing we're past that now it's just you're you're not going to get that same level of uh of competition and not everybody likes it we're, we're going to have a reporter's take coming up uh at the at the top of the seven o'clock hour we're gonna have a reporter's take and listen to some audio not everybody even the guys participating not everybody loves the fact that it's turned into this but you you get it you you get why it's got to a point of guys taking it easy in the final score team Giannis beating team LeBron 184 to 175 i mean yikes you know what was interesting through this whole process the draft they did the, the the fun draft beforehand. And you know why that was entertaining? Because it showed you that guys who, um, you know, we, we joke about general manager LeBron James. We we, we joke about how, um, you know, these guys view players in the league and, and that sort of thing. And obviously around here, we've done an extensive amount of talk about how the league Uh, Players in the league don't necessarily value Trey as they decided to vote him 12th amongst guards in the East. But when we got all of the guys together for the all-star draft, besides all of the constant cutaways that we had to listen to Shaq and Chuck and Kenny all like bicker amongst each other and somebody at TNT left a hot mic on. And so you could hear Shaq and Chuck continue some of that bickering back and forth and You couldn't hear Ernie Johnson at one point because they were talking over him. Um, But that was interesting strictly from the fact of you got to see who guys value. A guy like LeBron James, a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then you have the comical moment where Giannis forgets that Ja Morant is a starter, not a reserve, goes to draft him. And then Ernie's got to do the awkward like, sorry, Giannis, but it's actually... uh, You know, actually, Ja is a starter, so you can't pick him just yet. Um, Also, one of the funny things that – because we – the NBA attempted to do this whole thing, and I talked about it on my show on Saturday, where uh, they picked the reserves first and then the starters because, well, you know, we don't want a last player picked situation. You're going to end up with one one way or another. So, Jarrett Jackson Jr. ends up being the last reserve picked – all right, no big deal there. But then what was funnier was when it came to the starters because then we had a, a, a spot where it looked like the Joker, Yo, uh, um, Jokic, wow, I, I was about to mess his name up. But, uh, yeah, we almost got a moment where, where, well, we did get a moment where Jokic didn't realize that Laurie Markkinen hadn't been picked yet. And so, apparently, Jokic was like, oh, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm the last one pl- picked and he walked over, but in the moment it made it feel like, uh, Nikola Jokic was deciding I'm not going to be the last player picked. Uh, he later after said that I get it. Why like guys wouldn't want to pick me. I'm, I'm not the type of guy for this sort of event. I'm not the flashy, um, type of, of player who's going to be doing, you know, 360 dunks and, and all that stuff that you ended up seeing from Ja and others. Um, so yeah, what well, was the actual event itself interesting not really. But there was plenty of elements around the All-Star game that like I said with the draft, uh the night before, man, do I um do I owe an apology to Mac McLung? Because I'll be honest with you, I went on my podcast, Nothing But Ness that I do with Deshaun Tate and said, "Look, Let's be real. The only reason why Matt McLung is in the dunk contest, I know, I know, he, he's done dunks in the past. I, I, I get it. But the only reason why they decided to have the first G League player to ever be in the dunk contest is they're in Salt Lake City, Utah, and well, Matt McLung shares the the same shade that I do. You know, they, they, they needed someone to represent the people of Salt Lake City, and did he ever. I mean, Matt McGlung went out there on Saturday night and put on an absolute show. I saw the list. Um, I I had it pulled up in front of me earlier, but I think I I exited out of it. I had the list of the previous slam dunk champions. And you want to talk about a snooze fest that this thing has been for a while? Yeah, so Matt McGlung wins last night, obviously very, or excuse me, Saturday night really like not competitive so much um but it was very interesting and and Mac McClung being the big reason why Obi Toppin won in 2022 all that I can remember from that is that Obi came out in the uh Thames like he came out in the Timberland boots and did a dunk I don't really remember anything else from Obi Toppin uh Anthony Simons won in 2021 That was here in Atlanta. I was at that All Star game, and I got to tell you, it was not good. I mean, that whole thing, that whole All Star weekend in 2021, just because of the COVID situation, was pretty terrible. I get to claim it as like, oh, I went to an NBA All Star game. Like, I had to cover it, but everything was on Zoom, and the dunk contest was a snooze fest. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. in 2020, um, Hamadou Diallo in 2019, Donovan Mitchell in 2018. Glenn Robinson III in 2017. It really, like 2016, Zach Levine, um, those two years, especially with him competing against Aaron Gordon, like that was really the last time that I remember that. That was the
0: last entertaining
1: one. Yeah, that's the last time I really remember um, it getting people excited. Also, shout-out to Pascal Siakam, who showed up in the the old-school Shaquille O'Neal fit. And decided to wear the beanie with the old school camcorder, uh, which which uh, uh, Shaq brought out. I be, I believe that was when Vince Carter won the dunk contest back in 2000. Um, so a little tribute to to Shaq. So it was a it was a fun weekend. That even though it, the game itself may not have been that interesting, uh, Jason Tatum wins MVP. That was the other part of this. Like I'm completely skipping over the fact of Jason Tatum breaks an All Star. Scoring record, double nickel, 55 points. No one really cares. And, like, Jason Tatum took the the mic, and when he talked about it, said something about the fact of, like, yeah, somebody else will come along and break this record because we'll probably – we'll have a 200-point. Somebody will score 200 points in the All-Star game in a couple of years, I'm sure, unless they change something. Uh, of course, people around here cared about Friday night when A.J. Griffin had a very brief appearance in the Rising Stars Challenge uh, as he put up three points. Um, but – he tried. He was out there. He was our all-star. We got, you know, the Atlanta Hawks got some some representation in All-Star Weekend, and uh, there's a lot of exciting things to, to expect from A.J. Griffin in the future. Uh, other NBA news going on as we continue the rest of the story. Uh, Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook are on new teams. What's the rest of the story there? Kevin Love is joining the Miami Heat while Russell Westbrook was tempted to by the Bulls, the Wizards, and the Miami Heat. But ultimately, Russell Westbrook is staying in L.A. and is going to play for the L.A. Clippers. Uh, They just had to figure out, you know, what to do with um, – well, Russell Westbrook was traded to the Utah Jazz, and they had to figure out a buyout there. $47 million that Russell Westbrook's making this season. So they had to figure that $47 million that Russell Westbrook – the guy who is is now he, he's a glorified six man like he, he and maybe he's a six man you know like it depends on I don't know how the Clippers are going to treat this whole situation um, but uh, it, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, what's out, What else is going on? Rest of the story: John Collins is in concussion protocol. We're going to ask Lauren Williams of the AJC coming up in about eight minutes from now. Lauren Williams. Uh, Hawks reporter for the AJC is going to join us. We'll talk to her about John Collins. Uh, John was placed in concussion protocol last Thursday, which, if you look at the the concussion protocol sent out by the league, that's really going to put him in question to be able to play um, on Friday in the in the Hawks' first game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And last but not least, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the 65th running of the Daytona 500. We're gonna to talk to Josh Sims of NASCAR on Fox. It was my understanding that Josh Sims—it was his first time as a uh, as a sideline reporter, I guess you would call it for NASCAR. But as he was in the pits for a NASCAR on Fox, we're gonna to talk to Josh Sims at 7:20 uh, and kind of get the feel of what that experience was like. The Great American Race was a, a pretty exciting one that went down to the last lap, as it usually does, double overtime. Uh, the longest running of the race as it went 530 miles, 212 laps. Like I said, double overtime. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy situation that happened there. And like I said, we'll talk to Josh Sims at 720. But coming up next, we're going to go out to the wadeford.com hotline and talk to Lauren Williams of the AJC, who covers the Atlanta Hawks, who's gotten a little bit of a break through the All-Star break, and we're going to, Bring her back to work a little bit as we ask her, what can we expect from this Atlanta Hawks team in the final 24 games? It's the Dopey Millennial Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Technically, the weekend, right? We'll count yeah, it.
0: Technically, it's a three day weekend for most people that are off.
1: Yeah, if so you're there uh, you go. what's that like, Day Day? What's it like to be off on, on and have a three day on weekend on a holiday and have a three day weekend?
0: Uh, this is like year 22 or 3 for me in <laughs> radio, so I have yeah. no clue.
1: <laughs> Sports Radio 90, tonight, The Game and the Odyssey app. It is the doping millennial show, Caleb Johnson, here with you. Uh, yes, on a President's Day holiday where uh many of you do have the day off and i thank you for taking me with you uh on your whether it's the odyssey app or in your car as you're driving about uh, or maybe you are working you're you're uh a, a late one if you're working at this point um but we all know what that's like me and day Dave, very familiar with this sort of thing but we're we're lucky I, I, i'm lucky to get to talk to you guys and uh and lucky to go out to the waitfor.com hotline and talk with our next guest, the uh, AJC beat reporter, Lauren Williams. Lauren, how you doing?
2: Hey, how's it going? Is it a is it a federal holiday? I don't know what that is.
1: I was just about to say someone else who is also fairly familiar with uh, what, what what's a holiday? I don't know what that's like, especially as when you try to take some time off. And then, oh, you know, Hawks PR just decided to give an update on uh, one John Collins, who we all saw on Wednesday get hit in the head by Julius Randle, left in the third (laughs) quarter. Actually, he kind of snuck out by uh, you and me at at the Hawks game on on last Wednesday. Um, And then they release a statement. He's in concussion protocol. um, And they haven't really put a timetable on this sort of thing, but... Um, I was given an indication based on what happened with Brandon Ingram early in the season. Maybe this is something similar to what he's got. Uh he you know, mm-hmm. he he missed I believe it was ten, eleven days, so that would put things in jeopardy. What do you kind of expect with this whole situation with John Collins and uh his availability come Friday when the Atlanta Hawks come back from the All Star break?
2: Yeah, I think the fact that the that the injury happened right before they went on their break. Now, you know, at this all star break It's kind of a best-case scenario if you're going to get a concussion. Obviously, you never, ever, ever want to see a guy go into concussion protocol. But the fact that, you know, he's not going to be really missing that many practices, he's pretty much going to be relegated to rest and and recovering. I think that's probably one of the most helpful things. But, you know, as we saw, he has to be consistent uh concussion symptom free for about 24 hours before they even can consider um taking him out of protocol but yeah i mean i think this is the kind of the best case scenario as i said they're already on a break uh the hawks yes nate mcmillan said after wednesday's game that you know they'll be able to go in the gym for the next couple of days today and tomorrow before they have their first practice back from the uh break on wednesday so yeah, we'll see what happens Wednesday and where he is in that recovery process, and and we'll go from there. But I mean, if he's missing just that game against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday, then you know that's potentially not um, the worst case scenario.
1: Yeah, well, it, it feels like it's it's kind of a best case scenario, except for John Collins,
2: who man,
1: this just yeah. I, it just <laughs> feels like this is a really unlucky. Uh, sort of thing to happen to him is, is uh, I'll be mm-hmm. interesting to get to talk to him uh, coming back from this as to like, were you able, even able to enjoy any time off or were you just sitting in a dark room hoping you, uh, uh, you know, don't have any, any brain injury, any sort of thing. Um, I do want to yeah. move. I want to move on, Lauren, and, and ask you about um, something that was said after the Knicks game. Uh, from one Trey Young who who talked about it, and Nate did as well, talked about the fact that mm-hmm. this team really needed this all-star break uh, to get some mm-hmm. rest. However, Nate told us, you know, he was kind of like, hey, uh, clearly the the Knicks weren't a team that that needed rest as they looked much uh, you know more inspired and that sort of thing. And um I forget the word that that Nate used to describe oh fried. Yeah he said mentally and physically fried What for your opinion? Why do you think the Hawks found themselves in this position uh, of kind of fumbling into the all-star break?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is a team that had to figure out its identity and is still trying to figure out its identity. Um, I don't think we really know what this Hawks team is. We just know that it's a bunch of talented guys that are, that have been kind of put together and they're trying to figure things out. And you know, I think the fact that they've had to go through so many injuries in that starting five, plugging guys from the bench in. I mean, Bogdan Bogdanovich ended up missing the first 24 games of the season, and then he got plugged into the rotation. So there's a lot of chemistry that this team just hadn't been able to figure out. And I guess that takes a toll on you throughout the season, Whereas some of these other teams, they plugged in maybe one or two, Um, people at the beginning of the season, like the New York Knicks um, with Jalen Brunson, and they were able to figure things out quickly. But I mean, not every team is like that. And so I guess that probably took its toll on them and and contributed to that mental pride. But, um, you know, Trey Young promised coming out of the all-star break that he's going to prove the doubters wrong and he has faith in the team. And and that's the kind of thing that you want to hear from your star point guard is that he does have faith in his teammates because there have been times during the season where he has made you question whether or not there is trust among this group and um, you know you hope that that chemistry that they started to develop in that five game win streak will show up again I mean it showed up again when they hit 19 three-pointers against the Phoenix Suns when they were in Phoenix you you just kind of have to hope that it's going to show up again after the break
1: Talking with Lauren Williams, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC on the waitfor.com hotline. Lauren, uh, there was a, a tweet that was went out, I believe it was earlier today, um, that mm-hmm. this this Hawks starting five is the mm-hmm. has the best defensive rating by a five-man lineup this season. Mm-hmm. Why don't you think that five-man lineup being so good defensively, at least statistically, is translating mm-hmm. into consistent wins that would have them higher than the eighth seed in the, in the East.
2: I think it's part of that chemistry that I was talking about. I, at least it's not clicking or seeming to click on the offensive end. I mean, we've seen them put up 138 points against the Charlotte Hornets, but then on the other end, they ended up giving up 144 yeah. points <laughs> yeah. on the defensive end. So it's kind of like, well, where is the disconnect that, Um, we're seeing on both ends of the floor. And I think until we kind of see things click on both sides of the ball, that's why things aren't going to translate. I mean, they still are a team that gives up 30 points off the fast break to the New York Knicks, and the New York Knicks aren't exactly a team that's known for its ability to score off the fast break. So they're just a confounding team, if I'm being quite honest.
1: (laughs) No, it it, it makes sense. Uh, I also want to ask part of this, too. Um, has been, you know, thoroughly discussed the play of Trey Young, um, a guy mm-hmm. who, you know, feels like didn't get his respect, wasn't selected for the All Star game, uh, and I saw something as well earlier today that it feels like maybe Trey is on an upward trend as of late, as he started off the the first twenty six games of the season shooting uh, twenty eight point five percent from three, and mm-hmm. then the latest twenty six games. He's shooting more in the, like, 37% from three. Do you mm-hmm. think that the Trey's turned a corner and, and that can help this team in these final 24 games?
2: I think that's what's played a part in, in having some of that faith that he was talking about and his teammates. I think when you get that chemistry and you finally figure out what it is that works for everyone— Um, particularly Trey in this case, I think that you start to see some of those good results. And we're seeing DeAndre Hunter kind of find his groove a little bit as well. He's been a, a bit more aggressive in terms of attacking the basket. So Nate McMillan said on nights where DeAndre is as effective as he is at doing that, that opens things up for the rest of the team. So I think if we continue seeing those things, then that's going to continue opening things up for Trey because that's obviously going to take some of the pressure off of him to be able to knock down some of those wide open threes.
1: Talking with Lauren Williams, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC on the Wadeford.com hotline. Uh, Lauren, I want to shift things to all-star weekend that we just saw here mm-hmm. in Salt Lake city. First of all, for you, just as a, as a fan, as someone who didn't mm-hmm. have to go cover the event this year, um, did you tune in and kind of what did you see out of the weekend as, you, as your favorite event?
2: So I tuned in for Friday and Saturday, of course, A.J. Griffin playing in the Rising Stars game. You know, it's hard to say as a person that covers A.J. Griffin, and, and you've seen some of the good things he's done this season, it not pay off in a, a national stage like the, all, or excuse me, the Rising Stars game on Friday night. Of course, his his team uh, being eliminated first, but it seems like he's yes, very quickly, but it seems like, you know, he's a guy that might've benefited from a long all-star break. I mean, I I feel like we're starting to see some of these heavy legs as Nate McMillan mentioned, as Trey Young mentioned, kind of catch up with him in particular. I mean, you think about it, this is the longest season of uh, basketball that he's probably played in a really, really long time. And so, you know, you hope that he's going to get a lot of rest uh, in these next couple of days before they get back to it. But I also tuned in for, of course, the skills challenge, which I I still am 50 uh, 50 on when it comes to this format that they've trotted out with the three teams. Yeah, um, just doesn't you know, get my attention. Team Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, the three point contest. Dame doing what Dame does. Uh, I think my jaw dropped in that second round with you know Heald and Halliburton and then you know as I mentioned Dame doing what Dame does and then the dunk contest I mean when you think about what we had to endure last year with Cole Anthony trying to lace up his tins for about 90 seconds or however long it was to see some really spectacular dunks especially from Matt McClung, um, I feel like it's kind of finally getting back to what we've enjoyed about watching the dunk contest, which is just insane athleticism. So, um I only tuned in for the second half of the All Star break. I had a friend in town visiting, and you know, I got to take her on Atlanta for a little bit. But I'm telling you, um, you didn't miss
1: anything. Yeah. I can promise you that.
2: <laughs> I just saw Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell just trading three pointers. Yep. Um, I think every time they hit one, my jaw just kind of dropped. But then I also had to remind myself, nobody's really playing much defense. So I guess it makes sense that they're hitting these shots. Um, But yeah, so I think that's kind of what I tuned in for for All-Star Weekend. I just had to kind of keep reminding myself that this was just, you know, a glorified opportunity to just see people have fun and, Not take things too seriously. Therefore, I shouldn't take things too seriously. (laughs)
1: Uh, And
2: and then I was able to enjoy what I was watching.
1: Yeah, that that feels like the thing that a lot of people should take away from this is don't take it too seriously. Enjoy it for what it is. Know that it's not, um, you know, that they're not going all out for everything. uh, Because even even with them not going all out, LeBron James still catches his his pinky on the rim. Uh, And then had to sit out for the second half because um, the one time he did attempt to play some defense, you know, things almost went the wrong way. Um, I do want to get back to the, to the Hawks just a little bit. Um, A a guy that you are very familiar with uh, spending some time in Detroit, Sadiq Mm Bay, now an Atlanta Hawk and a guy Mm -hmm. who is going to get most of his time. We expect with obviously the second rotation could be Friday Mm -hmm. with the starters. Honestly, once again, if we have to worry about, about John Collins, but uh, from your time kind of covering Sadiq, what do you, what do you see as him really realistically bringing to this team?
2: I think he's going to bring some of that dog energy that, (laughs) you know, we expected DeJounte Murray to bring to this fold and, and what he did bring, especially particularly at the beginning of the season. So, um, I think we're going to see uh, a guy who's a very con- a competitive person on the court, very, very um, friendly and um, why am I blanking on the word approachable off the court? Okay. Um, just on the court, he is he's all business, just focused on basketball. As he said in a couple of his availabilities that we've been able to talk to him since he. Was able to actually get back to back to back to basketball activities following that delay with the trade and everything like that. He's a gym rat, and that's just kind of what he wants to do. He wants to get in the gym. He wants to work. He wants to play basketball. He just he just wants the ball. Um, and so I think that this team kind of just needs a lot more guys like that who just want a ball. Uh, they have a few of them on this team, but. I just feel like some of that killer instinct is is missing a little bit. And so I think Sadiq will kind of bring that, particularly with the second unit, since that's, as you mentioned, where he'll spend most of his time. But, yeah.
1: All right, Lauren, bringing some uh, some optimism to this team as they head into the final (laughs) uh, 24 games of the season. Before I let you go out of here... Uh, I do just want to see if you have an opinion. In fact, uh, today, Myers Leonard signs a 10-day contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Were you surprised at all to see this?
2: Well, once you saw that he was working out with uh, teams over the last couple of weeks, it just felt inevitable that he would end up signing somewhere. I just am um, surprised that it was with Milwaukee, considering yeah. how many big men they do have and how many people they have in that front court. but. I guess with um, is still dealing with an in- injury, it helps to kind of have that backup insurance, especially with how long they were without Chris Middleton. So, um, yeah, I mean, no, it's not really a surprise. <laughs> it's just a surprise that it happened with Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, that, I, I feel very the same. Just kind of one of those eyebrow raises like, huh, all right, how about that? Um, but it seems yeah. like from some of the reporting, they, they wanted to add somebody who's got playoff experience, Uh, And someone who can, who can bring some depth uh, as, as a big man. And we'll see, I don't know. It's been a couple of years since he's been in the league uh, and something to look out for Uh, Lauren. Thanks for spending some time with us tonight. Uh, You have a good one.
2: Of course. Thank you.
1: That is Lauren Williams of the AJC. She does a great job as a beat reporter covering the Atlanta Hawks coming up next. We'll get into a reporter's take as uh, I also share in some of those responsibilities with Lauren. Um, but we're going to hear some audio from All-Star Weekend because not everyone was thrilled how the All-Star game was played. We'll let you hear that next. It's the Dopey Millennial Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.